Okay, everyone scrubbed in and ready? All sanitized, ready to go. Excellent. Okay, if you could hand me the things we've played. Uh, yeah, here they are. Okay, let's get those fitted in. Um, and if I could have some interstitial skits. Uh, yes, I think we've got some of those ready. Yep, there they are. Thank you, thank you. Okay, right. Let's move swiftly on to uh, things we've watched and things we've listened to. I'll just open up a sterile pack of those. There you go. Oh, and if you could just mop my brow. Of course, of course. Thank thank you, thank you. Okay. Right, let's get this uh, opened up then. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where two queer trans ladies tell you about our weeks and how we're doing and do silly voices and skits. That's us. Except this time, we're not in the same room this time, which is a rarity. I know, we are on other countries. Different land masses entirely. There is an ocean between us, unless you consider a tunnel. There is a tunnel connecting the two land masses. I mean, there's still an ocean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there is still an ocean. <laughs> How are you doing? Take that ocean. The... There's a tunnel. How... <laughs> How are you doing in the UK? It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It feels like it's getting a bit warmer, but also there is yeah. an incredible wind chill. So, yeah, like overall, it feels warmer, but when the wind starts blowing, it's fucking cold. Mm-hmm. So it's about the same here. <laughs> There is a small fluffy cat who is doing a miss oh, heck. There is not a small fluffy cat here in this hotel in, in the Netherlands where I am. Zero out of ten, worst hotel ever. Zero out of ten. Instead of a, a small fluffy cat, I just have lots of pictures of angry judges on the wall. That sounds really judgy. Yeah, they look real angry about things. Oh, I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd have to have some nasty sex in that hotel room, right? <laughs> Just to be like, hey, hey, fucking judge me, you judges. I deserve these judgmental looks, damn it. You've got to do something to earn the judgment. Right? Which, I mean, I'm in the Netherlands. There are things I could do that a UK judge would give me this look for. That's true. There's all sorts of acts you could perform in that very hotel room. That would be illegal (laughs) over here. Oh, oh, I've got to use my evenings off to do some fun stuff now. Indeed. Uh. <laughs> Gonna do some face sitting over there, huh? Oh, 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 is that permitted now? Ooh. <laughs> uh, I think it's legal on film over there. It's definitely not here. Oh, God, no. <laughs> well. Shall we Shall we talk about things what we've done? So tell me about the big thing that you've been doing this week. Let's get into that to start with. Oh, I'm 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 in the Netherlands because I'm I'm here for a game jam that is happening. And what flavour uh, jam have they gone with? Uh, a sustainable video game flavour. Ooh, tasty. Yeah. So the this is a thing that um, Utrecht is a city in the Netherlands that, for the last few years, has basically got um, multi- there's multiple different uh, game design courses that go on in the city some are focused on the sort of development side some are focused on the art side and basically once a year they have like an eight week long uh, project that they run mm-hmm. which is basically here is a week long game jam come up with a prototype uh and then you've got seven weeks to sort of expand it into a fuller game before the end of the uh, the project okay 
Um, you've got about a hundred students, but the thing that makes this really interesting is that it's all aimed at real world um, diversity and sustainability focused organizations. So you've got like a quarter of the the game jam teams are trying to make games specifically for the local city council and their aims for trying to improve sustainable development in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some of them are uh, working for uh, doing game development for a charity that focuses on food sustainability around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's bu- basically just a bunch of, of groups of students making really interesting little projects to uh, try and, you know, teach teach about sustainability and get people thinking about how to make better choices via video games. Cool. So um, I'm over here seeing all sorts of interesting looking games. You got any uh, any early favourites? Uh, as we record this, um, most of the games have basically... The last I saw of them, they were one-page uh, pitch documents that had been created. Some little bits of art. Most of them were only just starting to be actually uh, developed. But um, there's one that I quite like that's for the batch of students that are working on games about sort of... Um, belief in science and sort of combating fake news and conspiracy and things like that uh where they're working on making a little smartphone game where you have a fake social media feed and you're deciding uh what statements to post to it some of them will be accurate some of them will be misleading and you've basically got a view out into the world behind you you can see a little character sort of at their desk uh typing away and Depending on what you share on social media, it has an impact on the world around you, and you'll see out the window sort of how the world is changing as a result of the kind of things you're sharing and propagating. Huh. That sounds cool. Yeah, that's a really interesting looking one. Um, One of the sustainability uh, in the city teams is working on an interesting little game that's... um, Initially, you're set in like a little um, self-contained uh, biome, mm-hmm. like a little sort of self-contained pod, and you're basically trying to be self-sufficient. So you're doing lots of little gameplay things to sort of uh, keep your little self-growing food supply going, and basically make a sure your little terrarium. pod. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and eventually, or at least this is the current pitch, is eventually you will leave the little biome and go out into the wider world and try and apply these sort of sustainable living practices you've practiced in this very small contained environment out in a much bigger and harder con- to contain wider world. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to think what other ones were uh, particularly interesting. That, that was just a lot of really, really interesting games. Let me pull my list up. Uh, there's a couple more I want to make sure I mention. Uh, oh, one, one of the, one of the ones about uh, food sustainability is one where you uh, it's a point and click adventure where you're sort of shifting between perspectives of parts of a food ecosystem. Mm. Um, so, like you might be, for example, uh, initially playing uh, from the perspective of a plant, and then you might be playing from the perspective of the bee that pollinated that plant, and then from a bird that ate the bee, and sort of going around this sort of food ecosystem and trying to impact the way that this sort of cycle of food production works mm. yeah there's, there's some really interesting cute little ideas so um currently as i said these are all very early ideas but i'm very excited to hopefully play some of these in the next couple of days oh i'm so, very hype 
Yeah, that is what I am currently up to in, in Utrecht. Excellent. What about you? What have you been playing this week? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I finished, while we're on the subject of development, I finished writing FestiQuest and launched it to my Patreon supporters. You did? That is the thing what you made that is really good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm a big fan. It was It's very was silly. Uh, it is indeed very scary to make a big thing. It's even more scary when you don't get any feedback. Um, yes. <laughs> so the first, the first like two months that my book was on the book reviewing sites, I had zero reviews, and you... it was terrifying. The horror! <laughs> what do I do? Just someone tell me. I need to know if it was bad. Hey, hey! I'm telling you, it's good. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. There you go. Someone has told you how it is. It's okay. Uh, well, I'm I'm glad you 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 playtesters enjoyed what you what you got to see of it. I loved it, and people should support you on Patreon so that they can check it out now, or check it out when it goes out to non-Patreon people in a little while. Well, hey, yeah, that's on the first of April. Everyone oh heck! Get it. Well, if you want to check it out before then, what's them Patreon details? They can give me a dollar a month over at Patreon.com/slash/DontMonkeyRadio. Heck, that's where I do things, and you know you can help me live this rock and roll lifestyle of occasionally writing about uh, games and stuff. That that is how the rock stars do it. Mm, yeah, the the <laughs> rock star game reviewers. <laughs> mm. uh, also played a little bit more uh, Tiny Epic Max. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you... Mainly because I needed to do the review. Is there a single player mode for it? How is the single player? I didn't finish the game. I I didn't really have time. I was like, I need to do this. And I still had a a podcast to record later that day. Well, do the the mechanics change very much when you play single player? Not really. Um, You have the mechs themselves. Uh, Like, you play on the three player board Mm. with two, like, AI controlled. Uh, people. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting idea. Um, I would like to try a full game of that before I commit huh. any proper thoughts on that. That's totally fair. But, but if you want to read my review, my review, you can head over to StoneMonkeyRadio.blog. It's a very good, very interesting review. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, that's an interesting idea, considering that's a programming game, which means that I suppose it is much easier to sort of randomise what the other players will do. Making it sort of terrifying in its own right. I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. They're unpredictable. So unpredictable. (laughs) What about you? Have you had a chance to play anything else? I've only really had a chance to play one other thing, which is I've I've been playing more Pokemon, but slightly different this time. <gasps> I've been doing a Nuzlocke run of Pokemon. Oh, uh, so for anyone who's unaware of what this is, it's basically a little hard mode version of Pokemon that uh, uh, people online came up with. It's not a thing officially supported in the game, but uh, basically, if your Pokemon are knocked out, you... You don't get to use them anymore. You consider them, they're defeated, they're knocked out, they're, you know, gone for good. And you're only allowed to catch the first Pokemon you encounter on each route. So you don't get to go, oh, well, I know the first uh, gym is a grass gym, so I'll make sure I pick a fire starter so I'm ready for that. 
no, you, you get what you're given, and you have to make the, the best of what might not be a terribly well-balanced selection of Pokemon, and sort of do your best to keep going. Um, I've been doing this in Pokemon Shield, which posed some problems, because the old Pokemon games, all of the encounters were random, so you just ran into a, p- a patch of grass and you had no idea what you would get, and it made it easy to randomise what you would receive, which is difficult to do when the Pokemon appear on the overworld. So my running strategy for that has been just close my eyes when I get to the patch of grass and run around until I hear the sounds of running in grass and then spin in circles a bit and see what happens. Heck, that that is a thing, I guess. Yeah, and I'm still alive. Um, So if at any point your whole team of six gets knocked out in a fight, you are just, you're done. That's the the end of the run. Uh, I've made it to the town where the fourth gym is, so I'm nearly halfway through the gyms. Pretty good. I have a pretty healthy team of six Pokemon. I've got um, I've got a, f- a good few uh, water types. I've got a good few grass types. Um, I've got a couple of little bits here and there that are filling in some spots. But I- I've got a fire type finally, which my lack of a fire type has been a big problem for a lot of the playthrough. Because hmm. um, I-, I-, I there was an area where I could have had a Growlithe and I didn't get it. I think I got a Weezing or something. Um, <laughs> Weezing. Um, I've had like six Pokemon knocked out over the run so far, but I'm I'm still going. I've not been defeated yet. I believe in you, tiny random Yay. one. <laughs> it's it's making me use lots of Pokemon I don't normally use, which has been a really nice experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else this week? Um, there's been the usual amount of uh, Magic the Gathering Arena. I won't deny there has been <laughs> quite a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena. Has it been going well? Uh, some days are better than others. I feel like there are times... There there are better and worse times to play. There, yeah, there, this is... Like, Sunday evening is a fucking nightmare. It's a demoralising hellscape. This is very much the thing with a lot of online games. You'll know, like, okay, when when are all the noobs playing? And when are all the terrifying pros playing? It's I, like I don't know how... I mean, unless they haven't played much... Since the season ticked over. But there are people like in in my very early bronze grade um, like tier just absolutely wrecking stuff with just oh, the, the, the most nightmarish control decks with like a billion planeswalkers in them. It's like, how did you get all these cards? I mean, unless they've been <sighs> sinking huge amounts of money in. I, I wonder if perhaps this is people who've Put lots of money in and are testing new deck strategies, but don't want to do, to risk uh, their win loss ratio on their main account. So have set up new accounts that make them look like uh, newbie players. Yeah, but then they still have to get the cards. Yeah, just spend the money, get the cards. Yikes! That's yeah, terrifying. yeah. As someone who used to be part of these kind of communities, I would not be surprised if there are people who make dummy accounts and spend lots of money just to test out a, a deck on not their main. Wow. People people are like that. It's it seems like a lot. Like I don't it it, it is a lot. I, I like playing magic for fun. I don't think I could ever do the serious stuff. Like oh, cause people no. are talking about like just buy singles from your local card store or you can you can order them online if you want. But like 
maybe a full set of commons wouldn't be that expensive. But if you wanted to run like a full playset of whatever is super good, like um, Ashiok Night- Nightmare Muse is the current Theros uh, Planeswalker of choice. And that card mm. is like 15 quid already. So if you want like two or three of those in a deck, get expensive yeah. quickly. I, I will say this. Don't get into that economy. It ruined me. It's oh, I, I have no interest in that. I, yeah. I think what I'm this is just is... for the, the audience as well. Never do it. Yeah, don't. Never. Like, I think maybe I would consider at most buying a box and then that would be the thing. Yeah. Like, hey, you know how previously I've made, like, uh, decks out of everything I've been collecting since 1995 that I still have? Because bits have come and gone out of that collection over the years, I'm not going to deny. Yeah. But just, like... Hey, we're going to build decks out of, like, this block. And I know they don't call them blocks anymore, but, like, this, whatever is the current standard. Hmm. Like, without going, yes, having done that, I now need uh, some extra, like, 15 extra rares from, like, this colour and this lot of rares from that. It's like, no, just just what you've got. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, don't... Because I can see how expensive it could get trying to go, well, I need a playset of these mythics. It's like, no. Seems like a bad and very expensive idea. Mm-hmm. And not fun as well, because, like, short of buying those singles, what's the next choice? Like, constantly buying boxes? There's, like, four mythics per box. If you Even if you bought, like, collector's boxes, that's, like, eight, uh, eight mythics for, like, 200 quid. I think it works out at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah. No. I, didn't, I don't, do not want. Thank you. I don't recommend it. New, new. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying playing with the decks as I get them. You get the fun of opening boosters as you earn them in the game. Yeah. And there is something to that. There's there's getting to do drafts with like the you know, play for like two or three days, make enough coins to enter like some random sealed draft or whatever. It's just yeah. like, I got some new cards to play with. I might Yay. pop about and build a new deck. And you have wild cards in that, so you have the chance of going, I have earned the, like, I can make a, a free one of whatever mythic. Mm. It's like, this feels like a playable game, whereas, yeah, I don't, you just couldn't do that in the real world. It's just not no, feasible. No, you could not. It is not feasible. I think it, it does... <laughs> Like make that like a whole different game by comparison because more people have the opportunity without printing proxies to go I've got to play this deck with these cards in it I just like if yeah, this were real I, this would be like a £400 deck I, I got to do that combo that I would never get to do with the actual card yeah yeah, yeah. although like uh, having played more I'm sort of understanding like getting things to combo together Mm. Even if it's not like I'm not talking necessarily about things like infinite combos, like just game breaking yeah. combos. Just this is a little thing that you can trigger that triggers that that triggers that, mm. uh, and it, it makes all of the cards worth playing. Like it's made me think about some of the decks I've built and how I would like to refine them. Because I'm pretty sure I've got all the bits. I've just never gone. Ah, I could do this to do that. Um, and the only other thing I've, I've been playing a bit more uh, Yakuza Kiwami. Oh, how have you been getting on with it? Um, it's it's settled down a bit now. It's yeah. less expositiony. 
yeah, you know, now you get to do more of the the, the things. Yeah, I've, I've been in, uh, had a go at some karaoke. That doesn't fuck about. <laughs> that karaoke really goes at quite a lick. <laughs> it throws you in at the deep end, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could see how you could get into that as a thing, like... Oh, I, I got into that as a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I I suppose it's no different to learning through the fire and the flames on expert, I guess. Yeah, except it doesn't make as satisfying of, of a click, click, click sound as you play. I don't know. Oh, well, maybe, maybe there is... Maybe you could wire up the old Guitar Hero guitars. I, I mean, I suppose it's probably possible. Maybe? Guitar Hero your way through. Huh. Maybe. I mean, I've I've got Wii Guitar Hero guitars, so... <laughs> and I know that people have written stuff to connect the Wii to the... To a PC, so perhaps... Science? A resounding maybe. <laughs> so I think that's everything I've played. Any you got the others? That's everything I've played. Well then <gasps> for this. Mm. Okay, hun. So we're gonna have to do this week's uh Queer and Pleasant Strangers uh over Skype. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so uh, we should probably get some some skits together, get some some good skits. Oh, it's. I think. I think. Oh, hmm, I think this is going to be fine. I found this really nice coffee shop that's got some good internet, and I am so ready to to, to write some skits. Is it good internet though? The picture's really fuzzy. It looks like it looks <sighs> really really fuzzy. Like there's. Well, I mean, there's a couple of people smoking. I, I guess they didn't ban smoking in buildings over here, but I'm here with my coffee, and I'm definitely awake and ready to, ready to, ready to do skits. Yeah, that, I must <sighs> say that looks like a nice brownie as well. Yeah, I I started eating it, and the funniest thing, I'm more hungry now than when I started. Oh, maybe she can get another brownie. Oh, that'll fix the problem. Right? Yeah, so, um... Skits. Um, mm-hmm. this chair's really comfy. Is that a skit? No, that's just a chair. Um, what? If, what if the chair is kind of horny about you sitting in it? I'm sorry, I completely blanked out on whatever you just said. That I'm just so relaxed. Okay. Uh, what about like a whole thing about like just relaxation, holidays? Uh, I, I, I took your advice. I had another brownie. I'm very sleepy now. <laughs> Look, Laura, Laura, look, Laura, Laura, Laura. I think there's something dodgy about that cafe. Don't know what you're up about. <laughs> Coming this summer, it's the movie event of the season. Mum, Mum, what's going on with the fridge? I don't know it's not working properly why is it trying to sell me a bigger Ooh. Ooh. oh oh t- oh oh close your eyes close your eyes hun can you make me a coffee i i would but it's trying to tell me that i've won a free trip to nigeria that sounds great when do we leave uh as soon as i transfer some money over oh, just a okay. holding fee ah uh, yeah that makes that makes sense um alexa can you turn the heating up downloading Pornography. No, heating. Downloading more niche pornography. The really weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> keys, keys. Car keys, good, good. 
Just drive. No, I don't need. No, close the pop up. Close the close the pop up. Close the pop up. Close. Ah, Han, I'm gonna have to get the bus. My car's got ransomware on it. When everything is internet connected, all of it suddenly gets a virus. The whole of the planet is sunk into malware. Mush- Everywhere. My shoe rack won't let me get my shoes out unless I pay for a premium subscription. I can't get through my security device. I can't even get into the house until I pay $60,000 in Bitcoin. So. So. <gasps> what have you put in your eye? Uh, I've put a few things in my eyes this week. Yeah. Can I start with the big one that I still don't understand, but I love, but I'm very confused by? Tell me about the big, big love. Let's talk about My Chemical Romance, <laughs> A Summoning. That was a thing that we watched, huh? Yeah, yeah. So My Chemical Romance were like, on, on Twitter, hey, hey, we're going to have a YouTube premiere at this time, on this day, and everyone tunes in at that time and there's no link and everyone's like, okay, what's happening? And about ten minutes late, a YouTube premiere goes up and it's like, okay, there's a six minute wait for it to go live. Okay, okay, we'll wait for that. Um, and then there's another two minute countdown. So everyone's been waiting like 20 minutes beyond when they thought this would happen, which is just long enough for everyone to get really deep in the weeds on theories. Um, if you looked at the video description, it was like, oh, music composed by Gerard Way, Warner Brothers music, oh, it's a new song and new music video. And everyone expected like a three to four minute long, you know, track off a new album or something. Everyone was, that was not. Huh? I, I, here's the thing, I was disappointed at the time, now I, I, I very much enjoy it, even if I think it's fucking buck wild, <laughs> they put up, like, a 15 minute long short film to advertise some American tour dates, because they're fucking wild right now, so I'm gonna try and explain what I saw, a teenager who wants My Chemical Romance to be a band again, Puts on, like, a black cloak in his bedroom and lights a bunch of candles around a pentagram and tapes up his windows and puts all his MCR CDs around the pentagram to go, like, hey, I'm gonna fucking bring the band that I like back. And then he goes on a 15-minute journey. Um, A Ouija board tells him to run away and then a bunch of symbols that have been in all the marketing for the new tour show up. And then suddenly he's being chased by the the ghosts from the Na 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 video. Um, and then he's in a, a vampire-filled bar, and I think it's meant to be something maybe like vampires will never hurt you, and it all seems very gay and drug fueled and they're all just biting each other, these vampires. And then he's in the church from Helena, and the couple from the Three Cheers cover are, are there, and then he's in a hospital, and I think it's the Black Parade is happening. And then he's being chased by the na na people again, and then he goes through a door, and it seemed like it was going to be like, ah, oh, here's the time for new music to happen. And and then he's in a theatre, and it's a new al- it's a, it's a new tour, and I have a lot. He triggered a lot of nostalgia buttons, but yeah. also the 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 is this what my chemical romance do now? They just do like <laughs> weird short films. Yep. Why not? The the. We- <laughs> We've had yeah. the short films of David Lynch, we will now have the short films of Jared Way. Yeah. So this is the second one of these they've done. They did what they did like a three, four minute one for their UK tour dates. And 
I'm still convinced they're bigging up the fact that there's going to be new music this summer. I think that the number of, like, new weird symbols and, like, here's what seems to be a new band logo that's some kind of sigil that if you decode it spells out My Chemical Romance and all of this imagery to do with, like, um, trying to summon things and all these sort of cult robes. And I'm like, this has to be... You're building up a new image for the band. You're not just doing the things you already... Like, this whole 15-minute short film feels like, let's run away from all the things we did in the past and go through this doorway to something new. It feels very odd for them to do this for there to not be anything new on the horizon. Have you tried watching the two videos back-to-back? I have. Um, Both of them um, seem to be very different takes on the same concept of doing some kind of ritual. One seems to be much more serious people in the woods, like, I'm stabbing a dagger in the ground, I'm very seriously trying to do a ritual. Mm. And the other being, I am a teenager, I want my band back, oh shit, something happened. Um, They seem like sort of tonal mirrors of each other. I don't know if that means anything, maybe it means nothing, I don't know anymore. (laughs) But I will happily sit and watch 15 minutes of Mike and Kuramats going, hey, hey, here's, here's, here's a bunch of things you remember. I came away from I came away from it very much like uh, I I want to go listen to all my My Chemical Romance albums again because there's like 30 references in here to things that go, oh, I could listen to that track. <laughs> How's that nostalgic for gland feeling? Hmm? Oh Hope yeah, stimulated. That, I mean. They they hit me right in the nostalgic land, indeed. You're gonna have a nostalgic asthma. A little bit. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That's me. That's me getting my rambles out about that video. It was quite a thing to behold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I I watched the premiere, but I tuned in like two or three minutes late, so I just skipped back to the beginning. Yeah. And I had to like block out the live chat. Because everyone being like, oh my god, this! I was like, just everyone shut up. Yeah, it's it's quite a thing. Like, I'm going to be honest, I, I, I thought this was a new album reveal right through until the moment that like he's in the auditorium. Because like, there's that bit when he's gone through the red door and it's all the new sort of iconography and all the new uh, sim- symbols and things. And a little bit of music starts to gently play and start mm. to build. I'm like, oh, this is this is going to build into it. This is where they're going to do it. Because, like, a 15-minute lead-up to, like, a new single would have been a hell of a power move. This is... I don't know what this is. <laughs> this is 15-minute lead-up to perhaps another 30-minute lead-up later on that actually yeah. leads to the album. Yeah, here's a here's we did a five-minute lead-up to a, to a UK show to do a 15-minute lead-up to a set of UK uh, US shows that if you follow the map of where the tour dates are, it draws a pentagram across the United States. Because apparently doing that was more important than playing shows in cities near each other. What? Oh, I did you realise this? this? Yeah, if you look at the tour dates and towns, like, in order, and start from the chrono- chronologically earliest, and you map, like, lines from one city to the next, they fly, like, right across the country between dates. They're like, oh, and now we fly uh, over to this side, and now back to that side, now back to this side, and it draws a fucking pentagram across the US. I mean, that's cool, but I am slightly concerned about the air travel aspect. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it like... Was it? Did you need to do that? Did you need to draw a pentagram across the US? What are you doing? Yeah, that that sounds like a lot. 
Yeah, so there are the, the conspiracy theories this band is fucking spawning are wild. Because at this point, people are looking at that pentagram across the US going, right, after the tour finishes, right in the middle of the pentagram, uh, there is a city that they usually do tour dates in and they haven't done a tour date for, and that's where they're going to summon the album reveal show or something. I'm like, I mean, that's the level of theatric they're dealing with right now. <laughs> that's quite stunning. I mean, this band has always been, like, over-the-top theatrical. This is very them. <laughs> well, oh. I, I look forward to finding out what uh, what amazing thing they have for us next to enjoy. Yeah, who's who's ready for an entire season's, a season of a TV show to get dropped on Netflix to reveal, like, you know, <laughs> the opening guitar riff of the new single, but not the whole track? <laughs> Here's our, our two-hour feature film. Yeah. And at the end of it, you hear, like, one power chord, and you're like, Oh, oh shit. <laughs> what about you? What have you watched? <laughs> oh, also on that note, I'm seeing Michael McGuire-Romance twice this summer, apparently. Ooh. <laughs> I'm ready. So ready. Oh, what what you watched this week? Nothing quite so dramatic. I mean, I did, I watched that, but... um. I've been watching quite a lot of uh, Easter egg videos and um, like hoax videos for video games. Like, here is some weird shit that was found in in video games. Yeah. Sometimes multiple t- years after the game was released. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the, I think it's Sonic CD with the weird Sonic face. Oh the, God, yeah. You know the thing. I mean. Mm-hmm. Um. All the different things in the Grand Theft Auto games. Usually signs that say you shouldn't be here. (laughs) Um, Like Banjo-Kazooie bits. There's just... Like... I can't be asked to go and find those things in games myself. Unless I just happen upon them while I am Mm. playing the game. But, like, it's quite interesting to go... Oh! That's a thing that somebody randomly put in a game of... That's a thing I will never personally see, but I'm glad someone found and showed me. Like and some of them are like just so. I think somebody mentions um, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze having Samus Aran's ship just in the background, and even when they talked about it, just like they were like, pause the video. I was like, where? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. How how did someone find this? Who knows. <laughs> Who was pausing every frame of this game to scrutinise the background? <laughs> or possibly more likely just, you know, ripping the textures out and having a look. That too. There is that aspect. <laughs> and uh, just the, the stuff that, um, like, wasn't found for a really long time. Like Ed Boon's cheat menu on every single Mortal Kombat um, oh, cabinet. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> that was only discovered like three, two, three years ago now. It's like, yeah, what? That one is wild. <laughs> That's pretty wild. It's like, how how did you discover that overly long series of buttons you had to do? I think it was something to do with her hacking it open with MAME. Probably. That seems the smarter way to work that out. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite interesting stuff. Um, and people talking about decompiling like N64 ROMs. Mm. Like, that sounds like a lot of work. It does indeed. But well done. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, and like out of bounds stuff. You have to admire just like the tenacity of just hunting these things down. Indeed you do. That's really cool. Yeah, so what about you? Have you watched anything else? 
Uh, we watched some things together. Um, the first of which, and we'll stay spoiler-free on this, but uh, we watched the finale of The Good Place. Yeah. That was um, a, I think, that was yeah, a, I think we cried through most of that. That was a really satisfying ending to that show. They really stuck the landing. Very emotional. Have tissues on standby. Oh, God, yeah. It... My, as we, we kept saying in the run-up to this, our biggest fear was, okay, how are they going to end this? Because they kept having multiple things that could have been endings and mm-hmm. in any other show would have been. And it's like, yeah, how do you up this for an ending, though? Yeah. They they did, they, they, uh, they, upped the, they upped the stakes. They left all the characters in really satisfying uh, endpoints that felt right for their characters. Mm-hmm. They didn't feel rushed. Nope. And, you know, they left the world open to go like, okay, I can imagine what might happen next, nothing's too certain, but mm. I like where everyone was at and the the yeah. sort of the emotional story they tried to tell with the ending. Yeah, I think they did a really good job and I kind of like the idea of just watching through the whole thing again. I am very much in that same camp, I'd be up for doing that with you. That would be quite the marathon. Yeah. Well, maybe if we have a a Sunday coming up when we want to be a bit lazy and and recovery, mm-hmm. maybe we might do that thing. Oh yeah. Speaking of things that we have uh, watched, uh, or, or just speaking of watching things all the way through, I started watching DS Nine, Star Trek: New <gasps> Space Nine. Was this in any way inspired by the fact we've been watching Picard? No. No? Just a, a separate Star Trek-based craving? It, I was thinking, like, I'm I'm home alone and I don't know what to watch. And, uh, like, a lot of people I know recently have been re-watching DS9 and going, Oh my god, it was such a good Star Trek! And me sitting there thinking, I hated it when it was on television the first time round. I was like, I, I was in high school when it came out, and I was like, I don't. It's not very good, though, is it? <laughs> How are you feeling any better about it this time around? I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm only on episode four, but I, I've enjoyed everything I've watched so far. There, well, not not quite everything. Uh, I have some very weird feelings about uh, how Cisco talks to um, Jadzia Dax. Hmm. Do you? I mean, how much do you know about this series? It's been a while since I've I've watched it. Who is this again? So Jadzia's uh, a Trill. Oh yeah. So she's host to. I I believe Cisco described it as a slug. Um, and he was friends with the previous host. Oh, oh! Is this the um the the uh, the slug slash trans person who yes. was yes the the I suppose metaphor for a uh, a gay queer lady a trans couple I suppose or what what one of them one of them was ma- was in a male body is now in a female body and still has a wife. Um, I don't know about wife. I can't remember that bit. I don't know if that oh. happens later in the series. I I I believe that I believe that she has a wife who comes up later in the series. If if I'm thinking of the same person, oh, yes. Um, I mean, Sorry. could be. It's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, at the moment, it's just like, just the fact that Cisco keeps referring to her as old man. 
Yeah. And it feels yeah. a bit erasy. He's That's... like, well, it's I'm having trouble getting used to it. And I'm like, oh, God, I've heard all of this shit before. So, yeah. From, from from what I remember, this it doesn't start great. Um, when when the wife shows up, there are some actually like sensitive and interesting conversations had, but mm. you got a little ways to get there. Yeah, and I I mean I know for a fact that Cisco never stops calling her old man, yeah. which is probably going to squick me all the way through the series. But I have a lot of trans friends who absolutely love this show, so I'm gonna keep trying. Yeah, I'll try not to be oh, too squicked. All oh, the joys of dealing with feeling a bit squicky. Yeah. Yeah. That that mm. is a thing when you are trans and watching media. Yes, that, that is a whole thing. Yeah, I mm. I I I remember that character pretty vaguely and I'm now like, uh, do I do I want to rewatch that now that oh, now that I'm out. Some <laughs> uh. yeah, like some some of the the phrases used by some of the characters uh, or specifically by Cisco. It's a bit like, oh god, you sound like my mum. Uh, <laughs> it's hard for me. I've known you for a long time. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Uh yeah, we we continued watching Picard. <gasps> yeah. Uh not much to say right now other than it continues to be really interesting. It really does. Um, um I, I like that they're letting us know sort of who's got what allegiances nice and early on as yes. an audience. Like, even if it's a mystery to the characters so that we can properly understand the motivations of what's going on. Well, you know how it is. You've got to have that um, dramatic irony. <sighs> yes, I suppose so. Uh, but yeah, that continues to be good. Uh, what about you? What have you been watching? Um, that's... It really, um, yeah, it's mostly been. Oh, I see what else I have watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been watching a lot of um three three D Sanago on YouTube, mm-hmm. who has a three D pen and oh um, yes, I know stuff. this person. So we were just the one of them making the um, Sonic from the mo- newer version of the movie trailer. Yes. With the glowing eyes and uh, the electric sparks sort of coming across the back. That was really cool. Like, just watching that whole process of... I've just got some filament and this 3D pen and I'm, I'm going to... This is how I'm going to make, like, a full 3D model and I'm going to put lighting in it. And, like, a proper charging thing. I've watched so many of their videos now. Yeah, they've got a really charming way about them. Yeah, they've, they've, they've got a really interesting character. And yeah. it's just, like, just the sort of things they do. Like, hmm. um, have you seen the filling in the wall one? Yes. Just, just like, I'm just going to fill in this bit of brick wall down the road. And I'm going to make it look like a little building site. I'm even going to build little cones. It's adorable. That's what it is. Uh, they also made a uh, a light up Bemo Aww. from Adventure Time. It looks really adorable. Aww. It had a little bat- like a full flip up battery cover and little batteries to go in it as well. Oh, I've not seen that, but that's adorable. It was really sweet. But yeah, um, people with 3D pens on YouTube 
They're making some really interesting stuff. Yeah, it's an interesting form of sculpture. Mm-hmm. What about you? You got anything else? Uh, the only other thing I've been watching, and I've not finished it yet, I've got like two episodes left to go, is uh, I've been watching the final episodes of BoJack Horseman. Oh. Uh, because as I understand it, this season is the final season of that show. They're wrapping it up, and I, I obviously don't know exactly where it's going to end, but they seem to be... Hmm, how do I put this? They seem to be making the character deal with the consequences of things that they hoped would never come to light. Mm. And a couple of episodes from the end of the show we're currently dealing with um, it being a very appealing prospect for Bojack to just go, I, I'm not going to care about the morals of what I'm doing. This group of people will support me as an immoral person. And having to deal with that moral conversation of uh, resisting the urge to just go and be with the people who are like, no, 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 what you did was not wrong at all. You're perfect. Um, is, is, so is this the series of Bojack avoids being sucked in by the right wing? I mean, honestly, I feel like that's what, what this season is. This season is basically um, do you, confronting what you've done, actually taking a, a, taking accountability for what you've done, and then avoiding being sucked in by the by the right wing when everyone hates you. Okay. Like, when everyone understandably hates you for things that you did that they now know you did, avoiding the temptation to either, either you know, listen to the right-wing frat boys who are telling you, no, 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 you were, you were, you were fine, you were fine, Get, come with us. But also, like, him trying to deal with not having this, this moment be something that causes him to relapse. Um, mm. And obviously that's a very tempting coping mechanism when the whole world kind of hates you so it's it's interesting i i want to see those last couple of episodes and see how they stick that landing because i i want this character to face some consequences but to have some kind of like a some kind of closure with their ending Mm. um it'll be very interesting with only a couple of episodes left to see where they leave this character yeah. Um, but I will report back next week when I've finished and when I know sort of how how it ends up. I still haven't seen the previous season, so I am a bit behind. Uh, it's what I've seen of, of the last season and this one so far have been they've been interesting. Uh, they've been good in the sense that they have been trying to address Bojack growing as a person. Mm. But obviously, now they're dealing with, hey, you can grow and improve as a person, but that doesn't erase, that doesn't erase your past. And just because you're a better person now doesn't mean that people don't have a right to hate you for things you did before then. Mm. Um, so, like, it, it, it's, it definitely seems like it's trying to wrap some threads up and, and deal with, okay, how does Bojack see himself when this all you know, finishes up. Mm. So, yeah. You watched anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much it, really. I think that's it for me, too. Well, then. It's <gasps> time for this. Hmm. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you think that 
we should have rulers thrust upon us by bizarre means, such as by birth or inheritance or hierarchy. No, I'm not a big fan of the monarchy or people being able to hand power arbitrarily through time and us having no say in it. I'm not a big fan of that. What if people with the most money have the, the power? I don't like that either, ideally. What if there was another way? What, a way where we had some kind of say in what happened, and in theory at least it had some control over our fate? How about democracy? I mean, I have run run out of democracy recently. There doesn't seem to be much around. Um, yeah. Well, this week's sponsor is Democracy. So, oh, you know, just head on over to Democracy. <laughs> and uh, you can uh, try out our discount code, which is, uh, huh, where's, uh, where's our democracy gone? Oh, has it gone missing again? Yeah, seems to have been stolen. I, s- I swear it was around here just a minute ago. Right, I thought, pretty sure we had a democracy. Yeah, I, I thought we, I thought we did too. Hmm. Huh. I guess it must be one of those other things we already mentioned in 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 instead then. <sighs> oh dear, I think I've just broken another bleak alarm. Oh no. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi, hi. How uh, how's how's business treating you? Well, you know, it's uh pretty good. We've uh been getting an awful lot of money, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's starting to get starting to get a stable point of the year. People have had their first paycheck after the holidays, so they're ready to start throwing all of that money our way. Exactly. They've boomeranged from that period of I've had no paycheck for six weeks, this is terrible through to Oh god, I have money again, it's like I'm rich. Perfect time to get the money from them. <laughs> they aren't rich. I know, but they like to think they are. Yeah, so uh, what have you been uh, working on this week? Oh, I've, I've got something juicy for you. So, yeah. So, you know how a big cornerstone of how we do uh, getting people to spend money is that whole uh, fear of missing out. Uh, not being oh, yeah. seen as cool. Uh, FOMO. Keeping up with the Joneses. Exactly. Trying to make people feel like, you know... I'm I'm a loser if I don't buy this DLC, and, you know, everyone's cooler than me for, for having DLC. I think I found the perfect logical uh, end point to this. Go on. So, here's my theory. Yeah. We, we, we sell a DLC where you can have a fancy, fancy crown, and I'm very important in the game or something. Right, right. Yeah. You pick another player in the game, they get something that tells everyone they're terrible. Maybe it's a dunce cap, maybe it's, uh, you know, a coil of shit on their head or something. You know, they're, yeah. oh, I don't want don't to play with them. But here's the kicker. If you buy the DLC, you can get rid of your dunce hat. You can have a crown. Give someone else a dunce hat. It's DLC that keeps moving. Every time you try and get rid of the bad thing on you, you give someone else a bad thing, and then they buy the DLC. Okay, but how about this? We put it in, like, a small series of instances. We'll just, like, divide the community up into sections so that we can sell, like, a bunch of these, and people will just be pinging it back and forth amongst their own little groups. You are fucking genius. I know. So, oh, what have you put in your ears? Uh, the only thing I've really listened to this week, uh, while I've been travelling, is I started listening to a podcast that you recommended on the show last week. Oh, heck. I started listening to How We Got Here, uh, the TFA podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's a really funny, insightful, well-made show that is really eye-opening. And right? Yeah. I, I, I'm really glad I got so excited about your recommendation. I'm really glad you recommended it. It's a heck of a heck of a podcast that people should check out. It's a really interesting podcast with some really interesting people. Um, uh, yeah, I hope we get to hear more of that because I think it's only like five episodes. Yeah, but uh, I, the depressing thing, uh, the the thing I'm happy about slash depressed about is there's not going to be any shortage of guests for that podcast with stories to tell. I mean, yeah, yeah. But there will be, I mean, there's a potential for going like around the country to, because like, as is often a complaint, the further north you go, like all of the money gets spent in London. Yeah. So all of the, the like fancifying like trains and stations and so forth, like that's all being spent in London. So there's potentially a lot of stories from other parts of the country. I would be very interested in that. I would be interested in that too. And um, yeah, we need step-free access to all of the transport, please. Indeed. Um, what about you? Have you been listening to anything this week? Um, well, it's been nice to see that the um, Shut Up and no, Shut Up and Sit Down podcast is back. Um, there was a, like a hiatus between. Gosh, I think it was like October. Oh. Yeah, 16th of October, then there was um, one in the middle of January that I've only just caught up with, and one now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be hearing more about board games that I've never played, and mm. learning which ones to avoid. Because they are in the pri- pri- privileged position of getting sent games to review and stuff. <laughs> and, and they have a lot more of them, and a lot more time to play them all, so... I mean, when your whole job is playing the board games, you have lots of time to play the board games. Right. But, like, <laughs> I mean, they talk about, like, yeah, we had, like, multiple sessions of this, like, big box game. It's like, cool. For me, board gaming is like D&D. It's really difficult to get everyone together. Yeah. If you need more than two people. Oh, I while I was, while I was here in the Netherlands, I saw in a shop window a big box of uh, Clank Legacy. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm looking at that. I was looking at it like, I don't know if those instructions would be in English or not, or if I have space for that in a suitcase. But that's a mighty tempting looking box. It's a mighty tempting box. It's not that expensive. Yeah, for, it doesn't for a big box legacy game. It doesn't seem to be. I think I've seen it for about fifty quid. Yeah, which it considering was... what it is, is and and the game is still playable once you finish the final chapter or whatever yeah i keep buying it up like oh oh, i'm tempted Mm. (laughs) and i believe there's like even more bits to the legacy edition oh yeah so like stuff to play with once you've finished your campaign nice um so you can still like use your board and that tells your story or you can just go out and buy another board (laughs) have a whole different experience, make different decisions, because it seems like there is a lot of stuff that just gets left behind with Clank Legacy, like, okay, you don't get to see that bit of the story, because you made these actions, <laughs> these decisions. Oh. Okay. Um, I understand it's connected to some podcast that I have never encountered. Uh, the box art certainly made it sound like it was, but also from what I can tell, it's not required listening to, you know, 
it just happens to be within a world of a show that already exists. Yeah, that is what I've heard of. It's Acquisitions Incorporated. That sounds like a podcast name. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, yeah, and there is like the upper management pack and the the team pack, which are so, like extra well, add-ons. For... When will they make Clank Legacy Polyarmory Edition? <laughs> I mean, they should, right? Yeah, it, I, it might be too horny for for uh, Renegade Games. Hey, you don't have to put any of the horny stuff on the box. You put it in the box. Right? Hey, you're Renegade Games. Be a renegade. Put some smut in there. We demand a polyamory roleplay <laughs> client legacy board game. That would be <laughs> fucking incredible. Wouldn't it just? Right? Ah. You Ooh. played anything else? Oh, sorry. Listen to anything else? Uh, not really. It's not been a listen-heavy week. Uh, I've been here on my own, so it's been like catching up on podcasts, uh, trends like these, uh, my brother, yeah. my brother, me, um, question box. Yeah. These are my regulars. This this has been it for me as well. It's been a travel heavy week, so it's been catching up on on regular podcasts and then just looping bits of music I already know because ah, there's people everywhere. Ah. It's the we're not together, so things are very different, and we need some same. Yes. We need some same for safety. Yes, we do not have While each other. We do not have each other for same and safety. So I need my music that I can loop one track for forty-five minutes yeah. for same and safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well then, time for this. <gasps> that's that's it. We 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 can exit. We we're, we're making first contact with an alien species. <gasps> oh my goodness. Okay. So, I've been uh, running some of their speech through the, the translation software. Let's see what this, this first sample we have. Cool, people of Earth. Oh, we look at that. You've got, you got billionaires, landlords, bloody pests everywhere. We can uh, clear that out for you if you'd be up for it. Bit of a humane disposal, don't worry. Oh, goodness. How how do you think we should respond? Um, I mean, is this going to be just a, all of humanity gets wiped out by you know the 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 exterminator tent, or are they being selective? Can we can we ask ask back? Okay, I'll just enter that into the system. Hmm. Oh, we're getting a response. Okay, just translating. Ah, no, 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 no. We're just gonna sort you out, your uh, billionaires, right? We'll uh, put like a billion, whatever your preferred currency is, in this special box. They'll run in there, thing shuts behind them, and we safely release them onto a planet of billionaires. Because when everyone's a billionaire, no one is. Oh. Goodness, do, do they want anything in response for this? Just asking now. Nah, 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 it's all just a service we provide, innit? Socialist universe, don't know if you heard about that. I mean, apart from the planet of the billionaires, but you no, know, we can't just have them raking up high scores all the time. Goodness, I never thought I would be this happy to see exterminators. Do you have a film that you loved as a child? Yeah. Are you worried that it hasn't aged well? I mean, I hadn't thought about it, but now that you say, mm, kind of. Why not Youth Tint that movie? <gasps> What's Youth Tint? Youth Tint uses a mixture of advanced deep faking, 
ADR by professional voice actors and professional editing to make a movie without all the casual racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, and more. You mean I can watch that film with the detective that that likes animals without that terrible ending? Indeed. With you, Tint, we've made it funny. It's a miracle. And a good watch in the 2020s. Youth Tint, it's just like you remember. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social Justice Warriors. Social Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry, how you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate, not too bad. How's, uh, how's, how's life treating you? Anything new yeah. on, your, on your mind? Yeah, you know, it's uh, been, think, been thinking about a few things, really. Uh, yeah? Yeah, mainly about, uh, well, I've been listening to this podcast, right, about, uh, you know, what it's like to be travelling as a, as a disabled person. Yeah. And I've been thinking about, you know, just accessibility. Mm-hmm. You know, and about how the, part of the problem is that we we have, in, in certainly in, in older cities, we've got a, a, an issue whereby these buildings were built a long time ago, they might be too narrow, they might have steps unnecessarily. Yeah. This makes it difficult for people to get in into, you know, especially if they happen to be using, like, a wheelchair or something like that, or, or heaven forbid, like, a, a powered wheelchair, because, yeah. you know, you can't just get bumped that up some stairs. Mm. You know, we need to make sure that all of the design that we have is being made entirely accessible for everyone. Exactly. Like, I recognise that for existing uh, locations... It's going to be a bit of work to uh, to 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 sort some of these uh, accessibility needs. I'm not saying that to suggest that it's not worth doing. It very much is. I yeah. recognise that you know if you've got a station that was built a hundred years ago in the tube, and you know the ticket office isn't directly above the platform, that might be a challenge you got to work out. But I think societally we've got a, uh, a responsibility to find solutions to those things and, you know, reliable solutions. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You, know, you can't have people just going, oh, I know there is usually a solution, but oh, it's, it's, it's broken today and no one bothered to tell anyone. So there you are, stuck on a platform. Exactly, and particularly for, you know, anyone who's designing, you know, uh, uh, locations or transport or anything now, accessibility has to not just be a nice bonus or uh, something you think about how you're going to plug in after the fact, you know, it's got to be a a requirement of your design, something that's built in from the from the start. Well, exactly, because you know, like uh, step free access is a is a benefit to everyone who can use it. Yeah. You know, rather than this whole, you know, well, we'll let everyone off the bus before we deploy the ramp. Well, everyone can physically get down the ramp. Why don't we just deploy that and let everyone use it rather than making one person wait? You know, because dis- disabled people's time is as worth as much as anyone else. Exactly. And then on top of that, you've got things to consider like. Trying to find methods of accessibility that you can build into things that are uh, able to be self-operated where possible, rather than relying on someone else to uh, to come and assist with them. For like, um, imagine if say you had a tube uh, tube train where you could press, you know, how you press one of them buttons to open the doors on the train. Yeah. You had a button you could press, and a, r- a ramp comes down. Should you need a ramp to get onto the uh, the train? You know. Yeah, or or even better, you know, make it so that is everything is at platform level. Well, that would be the ideal solution, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I, again, I realised that there are old, older stations that 
that hasn't been planned into. But, you know, we look at a lot of them, like the Jubilee line. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, been modernised in, in fairly recent years. You know, that has all been made so all the platforms are, are the same height. Now we need to make that sort of standard for everyone. Exactly. Like, and it's it's not just people in wheelchairs that, you know, are having to worry about stepping access. There are some people who are perhaps shorter, yeah. who might just yeah. have trouble getting like on and off a train. Because some I've seen some plot stations where it's like a foot and a half to the floor sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's just not reasonable well, for this, a lot of people. This is it. We need to be thinking about wider varieties of people when designing these things, uh, you know, from the ground up, so that people can reliably know that they can access the same services as everyone else. Yeah, you know, you need consultations to make sure that everyone is able to use the thing, rather than, well, we'll just, uh, you know, we'll put it in and, ah, uh, we'll, 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 we'll try and something for jury you rig something for you later. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it needs to be in there right from the beginning and... And then we need to also be working on upgrading everything else to make sure everyone can take part. Yeah. Do you fancy that, Og? Yeah, mate, yeah. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> Good old mate. Good really old. had to stretch me arms for that one. Yeah, really long, long, long old stretch for that. <laughs> one. Yeah, shall I uh, pop the kit on? Yeah, have that cup of tea. Nice, nice. Salora, me. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K Buzz in all the places. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Laura K Buzz. You can find absolutely everything I put out on laurakbuzz.com, be that freelance features, written features, video features, podcasts, any sort of thing. Uh, laurakbuzz.com is the place to go see all of my uh, day-by-day coverage of the Utrecht Sustainability Game Jam, and uh, I will be doing a feature about that uh, for another site, which we'll get linked to on laurakbuzz.com next week, so look out for that. I've got some books. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. It's the coffee table book of pictures and reviews of video game character butts with all those uh, critics and developers that wrote words for it. That's coming out in October. Earlier, if you support it on Unbound, you should totally do that. Other than that, there is Uncomfortable Labels, which is a book about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum. That is out now, uh, wherever books are sold. Or you can get it as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. I'm on some podcasts. Pixel Squirt, it is a podcast where I review video game-themed pornography. Uh, Dice Funk, it is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, and soon season 7. Um... And Podquisition, where I tell you whether your favourite video games are great and or perfect. Jane, what about you? Me, I am Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Because without the E was already taken. Rude. Um, I'm also on stonefunkyradio.blog, where I write things like my recent review for Tiny Epic Max. I'm on Patreon at Stone to Monkey Radio. And contrary to what I've said on about the last six of these, my Redbubble is redbubble.com slash people slash Janiac. 
Uh, I, I've been saying Stone Monkey Radio. It is not that. So sorry to anyone who couldn't find it. But if you look for Stone Monkey Radio on there, you can find me. Uh, you can also look for Stone Monkey Radio on SoundCloud, but you might be there listening to this now. Um, if you head over to patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio, you too could get early access to FestiQuest, my text adventure. What I wrote, it's very silly. There are talking squirrels, and a talking badger, and penguins living in the fridge freezer. I don't know what more you want me to say. Um, so, yeah, uh, Laura, sing us out, darling. Until next time, be a stranger.